What is to be done by N. Lennon in the new translation by Lars T. Lee. Chapter 3, Trade Unionist Politics and Social Democratic Politics. We start once more by praising Rabocce Adiello. Quote, Indictment Literature and the Proletarian Struggle, unquote. This is the title Martinov gives to his article in Rabocce Adiello number 10 about the disagreements with Iskra. Quote, we cannot limit ourselves just to indictments of the system that blocks the path of its, the worker party's, development. We must also react to the urgent and current interests of the proletariat, unquote, page 63. Thus does he formulate the essence of these disagreements, quote, Iskra is in actuality an organ of revolutionary opposition that indicts our system and mainly our political system. We, on the other hand, work and will continue to work for the cause of the workers in a close organic link with the proletarian struggle, unquote, page 63. We must be grateful to Martunov for this formulation. It takes on great general interest because it encompasses, in essence, not just our disagreements with Roboche Adiello, but, in general, all the disagreements between us and the, quote, economists on the issue of political struggle. We have shown already that the, quote, economists do not unconditionally reject, quote, politics, but merely stray continually from a social democratic understanding of politics to a trade unionist one. Again, this is Lenin using that English term trade unionism as a loanword in Russian, and it's opposed to social democratic uh, understanding of politics. Martinov strays in the same way, and so we are ready to take him and no one else as a model of economist confusions on this issue. As we shall demonstrate, the choice of Martinov is one which neither the authors of the separate supplement to Rabochaya Musil, nor the authors of the Worker Self-Liberation Group Proclamation, nor the authors of the Economist Letter in Iskra Number 12, have a right to dispute. Section A. Political Agitation and Its Narrowing by the Economists Everybody knows that the wide dissemination and consolidation of the economic, note one, struggle went hand-in-hand hand with the creation of a, quote, literature of economic, factory, and trade indictments. Now that note, number one. To avoid misunderstandings, please note that in the following discussion, we always understand, quote, economic struggle, following the accepted usage, to mean the, quote, practical economic struggle, unquote, that Engels, in the citation given above, called, quote, resistance to the capitalists, unquote, and which in free countries is called the trade syndicalist or trade unionist struggle. Back in the body text, the main content of the, quote, leaflets was the indictment of factory rules, and among the workers there quickly flared up a genuine passion for indictments. As soon as the workers saw that a circle of social democrats wished and was able to provide them with a new kind of leaflet that said the whole truth about their poverty-stricken life, their boundlessly heavy labor, and their lack of all rights. They began, so to speak, to bombard the circles with material from factories and workshops. This, quote, literature of indictment, unquote, created a tremendous sensation, not only at the factory excoriated by a given leaflet, but at all factories where anything was heard about the facts being exposed. And, since the needs and distress of the workers in different enterprises and different trades have much in common, 
This, quote, truth about the worker life, unquote, exhilarated everybody. Among the most backward workers, they developed a real passion for, quote, getting into print, unquote, a noble passion for this embryonic form of the war against the entire present-day social system that is built on looting and oppression. And the vast majority of, quote, leaflets were indeed a declaration of war because the exposure had a highly instigating effect and called forth from the workers a common demand to remove the most crying abuses and a readiness to support these demands with strikes. The factory owners themselves were in the final analysis forced to recognize the significance of these leaflets as a declaration of war, so much so that sometimes they had no desire to await the opening of hostilities before making concessions. The indictments, as indeed is always the case, became powerful by the very fact of their appearance, acquired the significance of a mighty moral pressure. It happened more than once that the mere appearance of a leaflet was enough to get all or some of the demands satisfied. In a word, the economic factory indictments were and remain today an important tool of economic struggle. And they will retain this significance as long as capitalism exists and necessarily calls forth the self-defense of the workers. In the most advanced European countries, it is possible to observe how the indictment of abuses of some out-of-the-way business or some completely overlooked area of cottage industry serves as the starting point of the awakening of class awareness, of the beginning of the trade, professionalni that is, trade, struggle, and the dissemination of socialism. Note 2. Straight to note 2. In the present chapter, we speak only of political struggle, of a broader or narrower conception of it. Therefore, only in passing will I mention as a curiosity the accusation of Roboche Diallo against Iskra for, quote, excessive abstention, unquote, in relation to the economic struggle. Two Congresses, page 27, and rehashed by Martinov in his pamphlet Social Democracy and the Worker Class. If the accusers would measure, let's say, in pounds or printed pages, since they love doing this sort of thing, the section on economic struggle in Iskra for one year and compare it to the corresponding section in Raboche Diallo and Rabochaya Musil taken together, then they would clearly see that they are backward in this area as well. Evidently, the awareness of this simple truth forces them to resort to statements that clearly show their embarrassment. They write that Iskra is compelled, hmm, whether they like it or not, hmm, to take account of the powerful demands of life and at least mm-hmm, to insert the news that they receive about the worker movement to Congresses, page 27. Now there is an argument that really destroys us. Not really. Back to the body text. The overwhelming majority of Russian social democrats in the period just passed were almost completely taken up with this work of organizing factory indictments. It is enough to recall Rabochaya Musil to realize the extent of this absorption and how it was forgotten in all of this that, taken by itself, organizing economic indictments in its is in essence not yet social democratic, but only trade unionist activity. The indictments encompassed in essence only the relation of workers of a given trade to their bosses 
And all they accomplished was that the sellers of labor power learned how to sell their, quote, commodity more advantageously and to fight the buyer on a ground of a purely commercial deal. These indictments could have become, given some utilization of them by an organization of revolutionaries, a beginning and a component part of social democratic activity, but they could also, and in the context of kowtowing towards Tehinost, must lead to an exclusively trade union, quote-unquote, struggle, and to a non-social democratic worker movement. Social democracy guides the struggle of the worker class, not only for advantageous conditions in the sale of labor power, but also for the abolition of the social system that forces the have-nots to sell themselves to the rich. Social democracy understands the worker class not only in its relation to a given group of entrepreneurs, but in its relation to all classes of modern society, to the state as organized political power. It is therefore understandable that social democrats must not confine themselves to an economic struggle and also that they must not allow the organization of economic indictments to be their predominant activity. We must also actively take up the political education of the worker class, the development of its political awareness. Quote, all are agreed, unquote, on this now, after the first onslaught against economism, quote unquote, by Zaria and Iskra, although some agree only in words, as we shall see soon. Let us now consider, what should political education be? Can we limit ourselves to propagandizing the idea of the enmity of the worker class toward the autocracy? Of course not. It is not enough to explain the political oppression of the workers, just as it is not enough to explain to them the opposition between their interests and that of the owners. It is necessary to agitate in relation to each concrete manifestation of this oppression just as we have come to agitate in relation to concrete manifestations of economic oppression. And since this oppression falls on the most various classes of society, since it appears in the most various areas of life and activity, occupational, this again is professionalny in, in Russian, general citizenship, personal life, religion, science, and so on and so forth, Surely it is obvious that we will not carry out our task of developing political awareness of the workers if we do not take upon ourselves the organization of an all-sided political indictment of the autocracy. And if we want to carry on agitation on the basis of concrete manifestations of oppression, we must create indictments of these manifestations, just as it is necessary to indict factory abuses in order to conduct economic agitation, isn't it? This is all very clear, one would think. But it is precisely here that it turns out that people, quote, all agree on the necessity of developing political awareness in an all-sided fashion, only in words. Just here, it turns out that, for example, Roboche Adiello did not, not only did not itself take upon itself the task of organizing or laying the foundations for organizing all-sided political indictments, it also tried to drag back Iskra, the newspaper that did take on this task. Listen to this. Quote, the political struggle of the worker class is merely, unquote, no, not merely, quote, the most developed, broad, and active form of economic struggle, unquote, 
the program of Roboche Adiello in Roboche Adiello number one, page three. Quote, now the task stands before the social democrats of imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote. Martinoff in number 10, page 42. Quote, the economic struggle is the most widely applicable means of drawing the masses into active political struggle, unquote. Resolution of the Congress of the Union and its proposed corrections to the draft agreement with ISCRA. Two Congresses, pages 11 and 17. So all these theses permeate Roboche Adiello, as the reader will see, starting with its very emergence and going right up to the most recent, quote, instructions of the editorial board, unquote, and they all express clearly a single outlook on political agitation and struggle. Let us look closer at this outlook from the point of view of the opinion dominant among all the, quote, economists, namely that political agitation must follow after economic agitation. Is it true that economic struggle is in general, note three, quote, the most widely applicable means, unquote, of drawing the masses into the political struggle? Note three, we say, quote, in general, because Roboche Adiello is talking precisely about general principles and general tasks of the party as a whole, no doubt there are occasions in practice where political struggle should follow after economic struggle. But to talk this way in a resolution that is aimed at all of Russia is something only, quote, economists would do. There are also some occasions when, quote, at the very beginning, unquote, conducting political agitation, quote, only on economic grounds, unquote, is the only possibility. And nevertheless, Roboche Adiello has managed to work its way to the conclusion that, quote, there is no need, even at the very beginning, to conduct political agitation only on economic grounds, unquote, to Congresses. Page 11, that is, on the issue of agitation, Roboche Adiello grasped the difference between individual cases and programmatic generalization. In the following chapter, we will show that the tactics of the, quote, politicals and revolutionaries not only do not ignore the trade unionist tasks of social democracy, but on the contrary, they and they alone provide a guarantee that these tasks are completely carried out. Back in the body text, a no less, quote, widely applicable, unquote, means of, quote, drawing in is each and every manifestation of police oppression and autocratic outrage, and definitely not just manifestations tied to the economic struggle. The Zemstvo captains and their corporal punishment of the peasants, the bribe-taking of bureaucrats and the way the police treat the urban man in the street, the fight against starving people, and the mockery of the people striving toward light and knowledge, the extortion of taxes and the persecution of sectarians, the harsh drill of soldiers and the treatment of students and liberal intelligentsia as if they were in the military. Speaking generally, why should we consider that all of these and a thousand other similar manifestations of oppression that are not tied to the, quote, economic struggle are a less, quote, widely applicable means, unquote, and an occasion for political agitation and drawing in the masses to political struggle. In fact, the opposite is the case. In the general sum of the day-to-day -day occurrences in which the worker suffer, suffers, 
either in his own person or in the person of those close to him, from lack of rights, abuse of power, and violence, there is no doubt that only a small minority consists of police oppression that is specific to the economic struggle. So why narrow in advance the sweep of political agitation? Why call only one of the means, quote, the most widely applicable, unquote, when a social democrat should recognize others that are, speaking generally, no less, quote, widely applicable? In the days of long ago, last year, Roboche Diello wrote, quote, Urgent political demands become accessible to the masses after one or at the most a few strikes, unquote. Or, quote, as soon as the government puts the police and the gendarmes into action, unquote. Number seven, August 1900. This opportunist theory of stages has today already been rejected by the union, when they made a concession to us and wrote, quote, there is no need even at the very beginning to conduct political agitation only on economic grounds, unquote. Two Congresses, page 11. Simply this repudiation by the union of part of its past mistakes will be more useful than any number of lengthy arguments in showing a future historian of Russian social democracy to what depths the, quote, economists brought socialism. But what naivete on the part of the union to imagine that by rejecting one form of narrowing politics, it could induce us to agree to another form of narrowing. Wouldn't it have been more logical to say instead that the economic struggle should be conducted on the widest possible basis, that it should always be used for political agitation, but that nevertheless, quote, there is no need, unquote, to consider economic struggle the most widely applicable means for drawing in the masses into active political struggle. The union imparts significance to the fact that it substituted the expression, quote, the most widely applicable means, unquote, for the expression best means, quote unquote, used in the corresponding resolution by the Fourth Congress of the Jewish Worker Union, or Bund. It would be difficult, true, to say which of these resolutions is better. In our opinion, both are worse. Both the Union and the Bund are led astray here, in part perhaps even without their awareness under the influence of tradition, toward an economist, trade unionist conception of politics. In essence, the matter is not changed a whit whether this occurs by means of the formula, quote, best, or by means of the formula, quote, quote most widely applicable, unquote. If the union had said that, quote, political agitation on economic grounds, unquote, is the most widely applied, not, quote, applicable method, then it would have been correct in relation to a certain period in the development of our social democratic movement. It would have been correct precisely in relation to the, quote, economists, unquote, in relation to many praktiki, if not to a majority of them, from 1898 to 1901, since these praktiki, quote, economists did really apply political agitation insofar as they applied it at all, almost exclusively on economic grounds. This kind of political agitation is recognized and even recommended, as we saw, by Rabochaya Musil and the Self-Liberation Group. Raboche Diello should have resolutely condemned the fact that the useful work of economic agitation was accompanied by a harmful narrowing of political struggle. Instead, it announced that the most widely applied means by, quote, economists, 
is the most widely applicable. Applied versus applicable. It is not surprising that when we call such people, quote, economists, they are forced to resort to loudly swearing at us and calling us, quote, mystifiers and, quote, disorganizers and, quote, papal nuncios and, quote, slanderers, note four, or that they must needs sob before all and sundry that they have received a mortal insult and to state practically with oaths. Not one single social democratic organization is now guilty of, quote, economism, unquote. Note five. Uh, so wait, note four was all expressions taken right out of two Congresses, pages 31, 32, 28, and 30. Note five is two Congresses, page 32. Back in the body text. Oh, these slanderers, these evil politicals. They must have invented this whole, quote, economism out of sheer hatred of mankind as a way of giving people mortal insults. When Martinov formulates the task of social democracy as, quote, imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote, what concrete, real sense does this formulation have? The economic struggle is the collective struggle of the workers with the owners for advantageous conditions of the sale of labor power, for the improvement of the conditions of labor and life for the workers. This struggle is by necessity a trade or professionni struggle, since the conditions of labor vary extremely in different trades, and consequently the struggle for the improvement of these conditions must be conducted along trade lines. Trade unions in the West, leaflets and temporary legal associations for trade struggle in Russia, and so forth. To impart a, quote, political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote, means therefore to attain the implementation of these trade demands, these improvements of the conditions of labor in a particular trade by means of, quote, legislative and administrative measures, unquote, as Martinov puts it on the following page of his article, page 43. This is exactly what all worker trade unions are doing and have always done. Look at the writing of those weighty scholars and, quote, weighty opportunists, the webs, and you will see that the English worker unions have long, long ago become aware and have implemented the task of, quote, imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote. They long ago have been fighting for the freedom of strikes, for the removal of each and every legal obstacle to the cooperative and trade union movement, for the promulgation of laws in defense of women and children, for the improvement of conditions of labor by means of sanitary and factory legislation, and so on. Thus, behind the eloquent phrase, quote, imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote, which sounds so profound and revolutionary, is hidden in essence the traditional striving to lower social democratic politics to trade unionist politics. Under the guise of correcting the one-sidedness of Iskra, which, don't you know, places, quote, revolutionizing of dogma higher than the revolutionizing of life, unquote, it's note six, we are given as something new the struggle for economic reforms. Note 6, Robochi Diello, number 10, page 60. This is the Martinoff variant of the application to the present-day chaotic state of our movement, the thesis, quote, each step of genuine movement is more important than a dozen programs, unquote, as discussed earlier. In essence, this is only a translation into Russian of the notorious Bernstein motto, 
quote, the movement is everything and the final aim is nothing, unquote. Back in the body text, in fact, absolutely nothing but the struggle for economic reforms is contained in the phrase, quote, impart a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote. And Martinov himself would be able to arrive at this straightforward conclusion if he would just think a bit about the meaning of his own words. Quote, on our party, he says while training his heaviest artillery on Iskra, can and must present the government concrete demands for legislative and administrative measures against economic exploitation, against unemployment, against hunger, and so on. Unquote. Pages 42 to 43 in Robochi Diello, number 10. Concrete demands for measures, isn't this the demand for social reforms? And we once more ask impartial readers, are we slandering the Robochi Diello people when we call them secret Bernsteinians? since they advance as a point of their disagreement with Iskra, the thesis of the necessity of the struggle for economic reforms. Revolutionary social democracy has always included and still includes in its activity the struggle for reforms, but it uses, quote, economic agitation to present to the government not only the demand for this or that measure, but also, and first of all, the demand to cease being an autocratic government. More than that, it regards as its responsibility to present this demand to the government not only on the grounds of the economic struggle, but also on the grounds of all the manifestations in general of social political life. In a word, it subordinates the struggle for reform to the revolutionary struggle for freedom and for socialism as one part to a larger whole. Martinoff resurrects the theory of stages in another form when he prescribes as obligatory a, so to speak, economic path of development for political struggle. But when he comes forth in a moment of revolutionary upsurge with a special so-called, quote, task of a struggle for reforms, he drags the party back and plays into the hand both of, quote, economist and of liberal opportunism. There's more. Coyly hiding the struggle for reforms under the elegant thesis, quote, imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote, Martinov puts forth economic reforms and even factory reforms as something special in and of themselves. We don't know why he has done this. Perhaps through carelessness? But if he has in view not just, quote, factory reforms, then in that case his entire thesis that we have just examined loses all sense. Perhaps he talks this way because he considers it possible and plausible that the government will make, quote, concessions only in the economic area. Note 7, page 43, quote, Of course, if we recommend to the workers to make certain economic demands to the government, we do this because in the economic area, the autocratic government is ready, if need be, to make certain concessions, unquote back in the body text, if that is the case, then it is a strange misconception. Concessions are possible and happen in other areas as well, in the field of legislation concerning corporal punishment, or internal passports, or redemption payments, or sectarian groups, or censorship, and so and so forth. Quote, economic concessions, or pseudo-concessions, are the cheapest and most advantageous for the government, obviously, since it hopes by this means to inspire the confidence of the worker masses toward the government. 
But just for this reason, we as social democrats should not in any way whatsoever give grounds for the opinion or misunderstanding that economic reforms are the ones that we most value or the ones that we consider the most important and so forth. Quote, such demands, unquote, says Martinov about the concrete demands for legislative and administrative measures advanced by him above, quote, are not just an empty noise, since they promise tangible results and thus can be actively supported by the worker mass, unquote. Mm, we are not, quote, economists, oh no. All we do is grovel before the, quote, tangibility of concrete results, just as slavishly as Mr. Bernstein, Prokopovich, Struva, R.M., and Tutti Quanti, all of the rest of them. All we do is let it be understood, along with Narcissus Tuporilov, that everything that does not, quote, promise tangible results, unquote, is, quote, an empty noise, unquote. All we do is express ourselves in such a way that it seems as if the worker mass is not capable and has not already demonstrated its capability, in spite of all those who endow them with their own small-mindedness, of actively supporting each and every protest against autocracy, even when it promises absolutely no tangible results at all. Let's take even the examples adduced by Martinov himself of, quote, measures against the unemployment and hunger. At the same time as Roboche Diallo is busying itself, judging by its own promise, with working out and elaborating, quote, concrete in the form of legislative drafts, uh, quote, demands of legislative and administrative measures, unquote, that, quote, promise tangible results, unquote, at the very same time, Iskra, quote, Inver invariably placing the revolutionizing of dogma higher than the revolutionizing of life, unquote, tried to explain the unbreakable connection between unemployment and the capitalist system as a whole, warned that, quote, famine is coming, unquote, indicted the police, quote, struggle against the starving, unquote, and the outrageous, quote, provisional rules for forced labor, unquote, while Zaria published for agitational purposes a separate off-print of material dedicated to the famine. Good heavens, these incorrigibly narrow orthodox types are so, quote, one-sided. These dogmatic types are so deaf to the imperatives of, quote, life itself. Not a single one of these articles, horrors, has even one, can you imagine it, not even the slightest, quote, concrete demand, unquote, that, quote, promises tangible results, unquote. These poor, unfortunate dogmatic types, Turn them over to Krzyzewski and Martinov so that they can hear and be persuaded that tactics are a process of growth, growing with, etc., and that one must impart a political character to the economic struggle itself. Quote, the economic struggle of the workers with the owners and the government. Economic struggle with the government? besides its immediate revolutionary significance, is also significant because it continually pushes the workers up against the issue of their political lack of rights, unquote. Martinov, page 44. Hmm. We copied out this citation not in order to repeat for the hundredth and thousandth time what has already been said, but in order to congratulate Martinov for this novel and outstanding formulation, quote, economic struggle of the workers with the owners and the government, unquote. What a beauty. With what inimitable talent and masterly el elimination of all specific differences and distinctions in nuance between, quote, economists, 
do we find expressed here in a concise and clear thesis the entire essence of, quote, economism? Russian, quote, economism started with an appeal to the workers to a, quote, political struggle that they conduct for the common interest, having in mind the improvement of the position of all workers, unquote, note 8. It continued with the theory of stages and ended up with the resolution of the Union Congress about, quote, the most widely applicable, unquote, and so on. Quote, economic struggle of the workers with the government, unquote, is precisely trade unionist politics, and there is a great gulf between it and social democratic politics. Now, note 8, that's just Rabochaya Musil, separate supplement, page 14. Back in the body text. Section B, the story of how Martinov made Plekhanov deep. Have you noticed how many social democratic Lomonosovs one sees around lately? Remarked one comrade the other day. He had in mind that striking inclination of many of those inclined to quote economism to arrive strictly with their own brain power to great new truths, such as that economic struggle pushes the workers to face the issue of their lack of rights, and at the same time to ignore with the grand contempt of a self-educated genius everything that earlier revolutionary thought and revolutionary movement has given us. Lomonosov Martinov is just such a self-educated genius. Take a look at his article, Current Issues, and you will see how he, with his own brain power, comes close to what was said long ago by Axel Rode, about whom our Lomonosov, of course, preserves a total silence, how he begins to understand, for example, that we cannot ignore the oppositional mentality of this or that stratum of the bourgeoisie. See Roboche Diello, number 9, pages 61, 62, 72, in comparison to the earlier answer to Axel Road by the editorial board of Roboche Diello, page 22, 23 to 24, and so forth. But alas, it only comes close and only begins. No more than that, because Martinov still shows he does not grasp Axel Rhodes' meaning when he talks of, quote, economic struggle of the workers with the owners and the government, unquote. In the course of three years, 1898 to 1901, Roboche Idiello has tried hard to understand Axel Rhodes and, and still can't quite understand. Perhaps this is because social democracy quote, like mankind, unquote, always presents itself with tasks that can be carried out? But Lomonosovs stand out not only because they don't know a lot, not so bad in itself, but also because they themselves are unaware of their ignorance. This is bad. So bad that they are immediately moved to make Plekhanov more deep, quote, unquote. Lomonosov Martinov tells us, since the time that Plekhanov wrote his book on the tasks of the socialists in the struggle with famine in Russia, 1892, a lot of water has flowed under the bridge. The social democrats who for a decade have guided the economic struggle of the worker class have not yet succeeded in giving a broad theoretical foundation to party tactics. Now this issue has come to a head, and if we wish to provide such a theoretical foundation, we undoubtedly would significantly deepen the principles of tactics that Plekhanov worked out earlier. We would now make the distinction between propaganda and agitation in a different way than Plekhanov did. Martinov has just cited Plekhanov's formula, 
quote, the propagandist gives many ideas to one person or a few persons, while the agitator gives only one or a few ideas, but he gives it to a whole mass of people, unquote. By, quote, propaganda, we understand the revolutionary illumination of the whole existing system or its partial manifestations, irrespective of whether it is done in a form accessible to individuals or to the broad mass. By, quote, agitation in the strict sense of the word, seek, we understand the call to the mass to undertake certain concrete actions that enables the immediate revolutionary intervention of the proletariat in social life. End the quote. We congratulate Russian and international social democracy on acquiring this new Martinov-style terminology, one that is much stricter and deeper. Up to this time, we had thought, along with Plekhanov and indeed with all the leaders of the international worker movement, that if the propagandist takes up the issue, for example, of unemployment, he should explain the capitalist nature of crises, demonstrate the reason for their inevitability in present-day society, describe the necessity of their transformation in socialist society, and so forth. In a word, he should give, quote, many ideas. So many that all these ideas and all their interconnections can only be assimilated right away by a few, comparatively few, individuals. When the agitator talks about the same issue, he will select for his example something notorious that is very well known to all his listeners. Let's say an unemployed family who perished from hunger or the intensification of poverty and so on and then directs all his energy to use this fact known to each and all in order to give to the mass one idea, the idea of the insanity of the contradiction between the growth of riches and the growth of poverty. He will try to awaken in the mass dissatisfaction and indignation about this crying injustice while leaving its full explanation to the propagandist. The propagandist thus acts for the most part by the printed word, while the agitator acts by the living word. A good propagandist has different qualities than a good agitator. For example, we call Kautsky and Lafargue propagandists, while Babel and Gade are agitators. To carve out a third area or third function of practical activity and define this function as, quote, the call to the mass to undertake certain concrete actions, unquote, is a complete hodgepodge, since any such, quote, call as a separate act is either a natural and inevitable supplement to a theoretical treatise, to a propagandistic pamphlet, to an agitational speech, or it is part of direct implementation of a particular mass action. Take, for example, the current struggle of the German Social Democrats against grain duties. Theoreticians write investigations of customs policies and, quote, call, let us say, for a struggle for trade treaties and for free trade. A propagandist does the same thing in a journal and the agitator in public speeches. The, quote, concrete actions of the mass in this case consists of signing petitions to the Reichstag against raising grain duties. The call to carry out these actions comes indirectly from the theoreticians, propagandists, and agitators, and directly from those workers who bring around the signature lists to factories and to all sorts of living quarters. According to the, quote, Martinoff terminology, it seems that Kautsky and Babel are both propagandists, while the people who bring around signature lists are agitators. Have I got that straight? 
This German example brings to mind the German word Verballhornung, which literally translated is ballhorning. Johann Ballhorn was a Leipzig publisher in the 16th century who published an alphabet book in which there was the usual picture of a rooster, only instead of the usual representation of a rooster with spurs, he printed one without spurs but with a pair of eggs lying near. And on the cover of the book, he added a corrected edition by Johann Ballhorn. Since that time, the Germans use Verballhornung to describe a, quote, improvement that is really a worsening. And we can't help recall Ballhorn when we see how the Martinovs, quote, deepened Plekhanov. Why did our Lomonosov, quote, invent this confusion? He wanted to illustrate the charge that Iskra, quote, pays attention only to one side of the matter, just as Plekhanov did 15 years ago, unquote, page 39. Quote, in Iskra, at least at the present time, the tasks of propaganda push the tasks of agitation into the background, unquote, page 52. If we translate this last thesis from Martinov language to normal human language, since humanity is not yet able to absorb the newly created terminology, then we come up with the following. In Iskra, the tasks of political propaganda and political agitation push to the background the task of, quote, presenting the government concrete demands for legislative and administrative measures, unquote, that, quote, promise tangible results, unquote or demands for social reforms, if it is permitted to use the old terminology of backward humanity that hasn't yet got as far as Martinov, we invite the reader to compare the Martinov thesis with the following eloquent passage. What strikes us in these programs, the programs of the revolutionary social democrats, is their eternal insistence on the advantages of the activity of the workers in parliament, which we don't have, while at the same time ignoring, due, the, due to their revolutionary nihilism, the importance of the participation of the workers in the legislative assemblies for factory owners on factory matters that do exist here in Russia, or, say, the participation of workers in urban self-government. The author of this eloquent passage expresses somewhat more straightforwardly, clearly and more openly, the same thought that Lomonosov Martinov arrived at with his own brain power. The author is R.M. in the separate supplement to Rabochaya Musil, page 15. Section C. Political Indictments and, quote, Education for Revolutionary Activeness. When he advances against Iskra his, quote, theory of, quote, raising the activeness of the worker mass, unquote, Martinov actually reveals a striving to lower this activeness, since he announces that the preferred, most particularly important, and, quote, most widely applicable, unquote, means of awakening and supporting for this activeness is the same, quote, economic struggle before which all, quote, economists grovel. This error can be called characteristic because it certainly is not original to Martinov alone. In fact, quote, raising the activeness of the worker mass, unquote, can be attained only under the condition that we do not limit ourselves to, quote, political agitation on economic grounds, unquote. And one of the basic conditions of the necessary widening of political agitation is the organization of all-sided political indictments. The masses cannot be educated in political awareness and revolutionary activeness other than on the basis of these indictments. 
Therefore, this kind of activity is one of the most important functions of international social democracy as a whole. Since political freedom in no way eliminates, but only somewhat shifts, the scope of these indictments. For example, the German party particularly strengthens its position and widens its influence precisely because of the unremitting energy of its campaign of political indictments. The awareness of the worker class is not genuine political awareness if the workers are not taught to respond to each and every occurrence of abuse of power and oppression, violence and malfeasance, no matter which class is affected and, in so doing, respond precisely with a social democratic point of view and no other. The awareness of the worker masses cannot be a genuine class awareness if the workers do not learn on the basis of concrete and, this is essential, topical political facts and events to observe each of the other social classes in all the manifestations of their intellectual, moral, and political life if they do not learn to apply in practice a materialist analysis and a materialist evaluation of all sides of the activity and life of all classes, strata, and groups of the population. He who focuses the attention, powers of observation, and awareness of the worker class exclusively or even primarily on itself is no social democrat. The self-knowledge of the worker class is inextricably tied to full clarity in its conceptions of the mutual relations of all classes of present-day society, conceptions that are not only theoretical, more precisely, not so much theoretical as they are worked out via experience of political life. That is why the preaching of our, quote, economists, the economic struggle is the most widely applicable means of drawing the masses into the political movement, is so deeply harmful and so deeply reactionary in its practical significance. In order to become a social democrat, a worker must have a clear conception of the economic nature and the social-political profile of the landowner and the priest, the bureaucrat and the peasant, the student and the homeless tramp. Know their strong sides and their weak ones. Be able to analyze the catchwords and the sophisms of all possible kinds by which each class and each stratum conceals its selfish desires and its actual essence. A worker must be able to analyze how various institutions and laws reflect this or that interest and how they do so. And this, quote, clear conception, unquote, cannot be taken from any book. It can be given only by living pictures and up-to-the-minute indictments of what is happening at any given time around us. The things about which everybody has something to say, or at least about which people whisper among themselves. A, quote, clear conception comes when people realize what is expressed in such and such an event, in such and such statistics, in such and such a judicial decision, and so on, and so on, and so on. These all-sided political indictments are a necessary and fundamental condition of the education of the masses in revolutionary activeness. Why does the Russian worker still show in so limited a fashion his revolutionary activeness in connection with the police's bestial treatment of the people, the persecution of sectarians, the corporal punishment of peasants, the outrages of the censor? the torment of the soldiers, 
the persecution of the most harmless cultural undertakings, and so forth. Is it because the, quote, economic struggle does not, quote, push him to face the need for such activeness or that revolutionary activeness promises him so little in the way of, quote, tangible results, so little in the way of, quote, positive results? No, such a view is, let us repeat it, nothing other than an attempt to shift the blame and to shift one's own Philistinism and Bernsteinism over to the worker mass. We must blame ourselves, our falling behind the movement of the masses, since we have yet not been able to organize indictments of these despicable things in a sufficiently broad, clear, and timely fashion. If we do this, and we must do it, and we can do it, the very simplest worker will understand or will feel that the dark force that mocks and oppresses the student and the sectarian, the mujik and the writer, is the same that oppresses and weighs on him at each step of his life. And when he does feel this, he will himself desire with an overwhelming desire to respond, and he will know how to do it. Today setting up a chorus of catcalls for the censor, tomorrow demonstrating before the home of a governor who repressed a peasant riot, the day after tomorrow giving a lesson to the priests who are nothing but policemen and cassocks doing the work of the Holy Inquisition, and so forth. We still have done very little, almost nothing, to throw into the worker masses fresh and all-sided indictments. Many among the social democrats are not even aware that this is our responsibility, and so they follow in stahini fashion the, quote, gray ongoing struggle, unquote, within the narrow framework of factory life. Under these circumstances, to announce that, quote, Iskra has a tendency to disparage the significance of the forward march of the gray ongoing struggle in comparison with the propaganda of brilliant and self-sufficient ideas, unquote, Martinoff, page 61, is to drag the party backward to defend and glorify our lack of preparation and our falling behind. As far as the call to the masses to action is concerned, it will come of itself once we have on hand energetic political agitation, clear and living indictments, to catch somebody red-handed and brand him immediately so that everybody knows about it, this just by itself will act as the best possible, quote, call. Often it will act in such a way that afterwards one cannot say definitely who exactly, quote, called a crowd into action, or who exactly came forth with this or that plan for a demonstration, and so on. To call to action in this way, not in the general but in the concrete sense of the word, can only be done on the field of action. And only he who himself goes there at a particular time can do the calling. But our business, the business of the social democratic journalists, is to deepen, broaden, and intensify political indictments and political agitation. By the way, on the subject of, quote, calls, the only publication that prior to the spring events called on the workers to intervene energetically in an issue that definitely promised no tangible results at all for the worker, for example, drafting the student protesters into the army, was Iskra. Immediately after the publication of the decree of January 11th about, quote, the drafting of 183 students into the army, Unquote. Iskra published an article about it, number 2, February, 
and before any kind of demonstration began, directly called on the, quote, worker to help the student, unquote, called on, quote, the people to openly respond to the government's contemptuous challenge. We ask everybody, how can we explain the extraordinary circumstance that Martinov, the one who talks so much about, quote, calls, and even makes, quote, calls, a special form of activity, does not refer to this call by so much as a word? And isn't it Philistinism for Martinov to label Iskra, quote, one-sided, because it does not issue enough, quote, calls for a struggle based on demands that, quote, promise tangible results, unquote. Our, quote, economists, and Roboche Yellow is included, met with success because they pandered to less developed workers. But the worker social democrat, the worker revolutionary, and the number of such workers grows every day. We'll reject with indignation all this reasoning about the struggle for demands that, quote, promise tangible results, unquote, and so on and so on, because he understands that all this is just a new variant of the old song about adding a kopeck to a ruble. Such a worker will say to his counselors from Rabochaya Musul and Rabochaya Diello, you worry too much to no purpose and intervene with excessive zeal in matters that we can handle ourselves while not bothering to carry out your real responsibilities. It is far from insightful for you to say that the task of the social democrats consists of imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself. That is only the beginning. The main task of the social democrats lies elsewhere. For everywhere in the world, including Russia, the police themselves often undertake to give a political character to the economic struggle, and the workers themselves learn to understand for whom the government stands. Note 9. Right to note 9. The demand to, quote, impart a political character to the economic struggle itself, unquote, reveals in the most vivid fashion kowtowing before Stichinost in the area of political activity. The economic struggle acquires a political character in Stichini fashion, that is, without the intervention of the, quote, revolutionary bacilli, the intelligentsia, the activator bacteria that ferments the cheese, ferments the beer, you know? That is, without the intervention of the revolutionary bacilli, the intelligentsia, without the intervention of purposive social democrats. For example, the economic struggle of workers in England acquired a political character without any participation by the socialists, but the task of the Social Democrats is not exhausted by political agitation on economic grounds. Their task is to turn this trade unionist politics into a social democratic political struggle, to use those gleams of political awareness that the economic struggle plants in the workers in order to raise the workers up to social democratic political awareness. But instead of raising and pushing forward this political awareness that is awakening in Stahini fashion, the Martinovs fall on their face before Stahinost and repeat, repeat over and over to the point of nausea, that the economic struggle is what, quote, pushes the worker to face, unquote, the issue of their political lack of rights. It's too bad, gentlemen, that this Stahini awakening of trade unionist political awareness doesn't, quote, push you to face the issue of your social democratic tasks. Back to the body text. That, quote, economic struggle of the workers with the owners and the government, unquote, of which you are so proud, 
exactly if, as if you had discovered America, is being carried out in the most remote corners of Russia by the workers themselves. They've heard about strikes, even if they haven't read about or even heard of socialism. And the, quote, activeness of us workers that all of you want to support by coming up with concrete demands that promise tangible results, we already have this activeness, and we ourselves, in the small day-to-day trade struggle, that's professionalny struggle, put forth these concrete demands, often without any help from the intelligentny, intelligentsia. But this kind of activeness is not enough for us. We are not children whom you can feed with the thin soup of, quote, economist politics by itself. We want to know everything that everyone else knows. We want to become acquainted in detail with all sides of political life and actively participate in each and every political event. For this, it is necessary that the intelligenti spend less time repeating what we ourselves already know, note 10, and more time giving to us, the workers, what we don't know, what we ourselves will never be able to learn from our own factory and, quote, economic experience, namely, political knowledge. Note 10 says, to show that we haven't made up this speech of the workers to the, quote, economists out of thin air, we will refer to two witnesses who undoubtedly have an immediate knowledge of the worker movement and who are nowise inclined to be partial to us, quote, dogmatic types, since one of the witnesses is a, quote, economist, who even considers Roboche Diallo to be a political publication, and the other is a terrorist. The first witness, Savinkov, is the author of an article entitled The Petersburg Worker Movement and the Practical Tasks of Social Democracy that is remarkable for its truthfulness and sense of life. He divides the workers into three categories. One, purposive revolutionaries. Two, an intermediate stratum. And three, the remaining mass of workers. We find that the intermediate stratum is, quote, often more interested in the issues of political life than their own direct economic interests, while the connection of these interests to general social conditions has long been grasped, unquote. Rabochaya Musul is, quote, sharply criticized, Quote, it's always the same thing that we've known for a long time and have read for a long time, unquote. Quote, in the politics sections, there is again nothing new, unquote, pages 30 to 31. But even the third stratum, quote, is a worker mass that is more alert, younger, not so much led astray by the tavern and the church. Although this stratum never has even the possibility of acquiring any book with political content, it interprets in distorted fashion the phenomena of political life and uses fragmentary information about the student riots as food for thought, unquote, and so forth. And the terrorist, Nadezhdin, writes, quote, Two or three times they will read about the details of factory life in cities other than their own, and then they will stop reading. It's boring. Not to talk about the state in a worker paper means to look on the worker as a small child. The worker is not a child, unquote. Svoboda, published by the Revolutionary Social Group of the same name, pages 69 and 70. So, real workers actually want political knowledge. Back in the body text, it is you, the intelligenti, that can bring us this knowledge, and you are obliged to deliver it to us a hundred and a thousand times more than you are doing up to now. And what is more, deliver it not only in the form of disquisitions, pamphlets, and articles, 
which are often, if you will forgive my frankness, a little boring, but without fail also in the form of living indictments of what exactly our government and our dominant classes are doing in all areas of life. Just carry out more zealously this responsibility of yours and talk less about raising the activeness of the worker mass, quote-unquote. There is a lot more activeness among us than you think, and we are able to support, with open street battle, even such demands as promise no, quote, tangible results at all. And it's not you who will, quote, raise our activeness, because it so happens that it is you who aren't showing enough activeness. Less kowtowing before Stehinost, gentlemen, and more thought to raising your activeness. Section D. What do economism and terrorism have in common? Earlier, in a footnote, we compared a, quote, economist and a non-social democratic terrorist on a point where they accidentally agreed together. But speaking generally, there is not just an accidental but a necessary internal link between, quote, economism and terrorism. This is a topic to which we will have to return later, but on which we must now touch precisely because it concerns the issue of education for revolutionary activeness. The, quote, economists and present-day terrorists have one common root, the very same kowtowing before Stehinost that we discussed in the previous chapter in general terms and that we are now examining in its influence in the area of political activity and political struggle. At first glance, our affirmation might appear to be a paradox. So great is the evident distance between people who emphasize the, quote, gray, ongoing struggle, unquote, and people who call for the most self-sacrificing struggle of individuals. But it is not a paradox. Quote, economists and terrorists kowtow before different poles of the Stihini current. The, quote, economists before the Stihinos of the passionate indignation of the intelligenti who do not have the ability or who do not find it possible to link revolutionary work into a single whole with the worker movement. It is difficult for anyone who has lost faith in this possibility, or who never had it, to find any other outlet for his feelings of indignation and for his revolutionary energy than terror. This kowtowing before Stehinost in both of these two tendencies is in this way nothing other than the beginning of the implementation of the famous program of the Credo, the workers will conduct their own, quote, economic struggle with the owners and the government, unquote. I hope the author of the Credo will forgive my use of Martinov's terminology. I think we have the right to do this because the Credo also speaks of how the workers are, quote, pushed to face up to the political regime in the economic struggle. And meanwhile, the intelligenti conduct the political struggle with their own forces, naturally with the help of terror. This is a completely logical and inevitable conclusion on which we do not have to insist, even though those who are beginning to implement the program are not themselves aware of its inevitability. Political activity has its own logic that does not depend on the awareness of those who, with the very best intentions, call either for terror or for imparting a political character to the economic struggle itself. 
The road to hell is paved with good intentions, and in the present case, good intentions will not save anyone from being drawn in stahini fashion down the, quote, line of least resistance, unquote, down the line of the purely bourgeois program of the credo. It is therefore hardly accidental that many Russian liberals, both open liberals and those who wear a Marxist mask, sympathize wholeheartedly with terror and try to give support to the upsurge in terrorist moods at the present moment. And now, when the, quote, revolutionary socialist group Svoboda, unquote, has emerged and assigned itself the task precisely of providing an all-sided assistance to the worker movement, but which also includes terror in its program, thus emancipating themselves, so to speak, from social democracy. This fact affirms, yet one more time, the remarkable foresight of P.B. Axel Road, who literally foretold these results of social democratic unsteadiness already at the end of 1897 in the contemporary tasks and tactics of Russian social democrats. And he set out his famous, quote, two perspectives. These two perspectives already contain, as a seed contains a plant, all of the disputes and differences between Russian social democrats that followed after. Note 11. Let's go straight there. Martinov sees, quote, another more real hmm, dilemma, unquote, social democracy and the worker class, page 19, quote, either social democracy takes upon itself the immediate guidance of the economic struggle of the proletariat and by so doing, hmm, turns it into a revolutionary class struggle, unquote, quote, by so doing, unquote, that is evidently by the immediate guidance of the economic struggle. Let Martinov show us where we can see even one case where a trade unionist struggle was turned into a revolutionary class movement simply by guidance of the trade, professionalny, struggle. Doesn't he realize that to do any, quote, turning into of this kind, we must actively take on the, quote, immediate guidance, unquote, of all-sided political act- agitation. Quote, or this perspective, social democracy distances itself from the guidance of the economic struggle of the workers and by so doing clips its wings, unquote. According to the opinion of Raboche Diallo cited earlier, it is Iskra that, quote, distances itself, unquote. But we have seen that Iskra is doing much more than Raboche Diallo for the guidance of the economic struggle, although it does not limit itself to this kind of guidance and does not, for the sake of this guidance, narrow its political tasks. Back in the body text, from this point of view, it becomes understandable that Raboche Diallo unable to stand up against the stehinost of, quote, economism, was also unable to stand up against the stehinost of terrorism. It is very interesting here to note the particular argumentation that Svoboda advances in defense of terror. It, quote, completely rejects, unquote, the paralyzing role of terror, rebirth of revolutionism, page 64, and in its place advances its, quote, excitative, instigating significance, unquote. This is characteristic in the first place because it is one of the stages in the disintegration and collapse of a traditional pre-social democratic set of ideas that led to a reliance on terror. To admit that today one cannot, quote, paralyze with fear, unquote, and therefore disorganize 
The government is essentially to condemn terror completely as a system of struggle, as a sphere of activity sanctioned by a program. It is even more characteristic in another respect, as a model of the lack of understanding of our present basic tasks in the matter of, quote, education for the revolutionary activeness of the masses, unquote. Svoboda propagandizes terror as a means of, quote, instigating the worker movement, of giving it a, quote, powerful shock. It would be difficult to find an argument that more obviously refutes itself. Let's think. Are there really so few outrages in Russian life that we have to invent some special means of, quote, instigation? And, from another angle, if someone is not instigated or not instigable even by Russian abuses of power, then isn't it obvious that he will also look on the duel between the government and a handful of terrorists with sublime indifference? The point is this, the worker masses are very much instigated by the despicable features of Russian life, but we do not yet know how to collect, if I may so express myself, and concentrate all those droplets and streams of popular indignation that percolate out of Russian life in vastly greater quantities than we think or can conceive, but which indeed must be merged into one gigantic flood. This task can be accomplished. This is proved irrefutably by the enormous growth of the worker movement and the greediness of the workers for political literature mentioned earlier. Calls to apply terror, exactly like calls to impart a political character to the economic struggle itself, are just different ways of shirking the most urgent responsibility of Russian revolutionaries to organize the conduct of all-sided political agitation. Svoboda wants to replace agitation with terror, and it openly admits that, quote, once intensive, energetic agitation begins among the masses, then the excitative, instigating role of terror is done, unquote, page 68 of Rebirth of Revolutionism. As it happens, this demonstrates that both terrorists and, quote, economists underrate the revolutionary activeness of the masses, in spite of the clear testimony of the spring events. Even though the former busy themselves in search of artificial, quote, instigations, while the latter talk about, quote, concrete demands. Both the one and the other pay insufficient attention to the development of their own activeness in the matter of political agitation and the organization of political indictments. But one cannot replace this task with any other, either now or at any other time. I'm Fergal Schmudlock, the host of the Kingless Generation podcast. If you would like to support this project, uh, head on down to patreon.com, find us on there. And until next time, may we not shirk our duty to carry out all-encompassing political struggle. May we analyze all classes of society at all times. And may we never make an idol of Stichinost.